Welcome to Rain City Supercars, episode 54, brought to you by Haggerty Classic Cars. I'm Dan. And I'm Nick. And we're back. Yeah, again. What do you well, mean? I mean, it's a somber moment. This is the last time we'll be recording from my kitchen in yes. downtown Bellevue. Uh, next week, we have a brand new location, which will be, it's going to be, next week's episode is going to be huge, just so we're clear. And very different. And very different. It's going to be different. <laughs> it's different. Yes. And a little slightly belated, happy Thanksgiving to everybody, which this yeah. will be the day after Thanksgiving for you guys. Yeah. Well, let's celebrate. Brought to you by Rainier, oh. another sponsor of Rain City Supercars. So yes. uh, cheers to that. Cheers to that. I'm drinking water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay no next drinking beer i'm, I'm drinking, drinking beer yeah i was just gonna say there's some correlation there i don't know yeah. but uh how you been not sick for once unlike you again i know i know i can't i told you we gotta stop cuddling i know it's just the way it is i, I went to uh long beach and drove on the beach my car still smells yeah. like low tide which is not fun <laughs> watched it like four times that brings up a good point depression is not a it's not a good thing kids and if, if you're depressed and <laughs> i had a great time <laughs> It was, I drove to the beach alone. Okay, I'm glad you came back. <laughs> yeah, you you took your beautiful Audi and you drove it on the beach. Yeah, I also drove it through one of those streams that goes from freshwater Dude, to the beach. Dude, come on. <laughs> Do you know how many things are made from aluminum on your car? I took it straight to the car wash right afterwards. Yeah, you need to... You, I wish that somebody in Long Beach would put in a like a, a full lift that where you could yeah. up, wash the underbody of your car there. They have this one car wash in town and it's garbage there's no way to wash the underside of your car well, it's garbage because everybody comes off the beach goes and washes their cars there yeah everything gets onto the floor you drive in you wash your stuff and as you're driving out you pick up more stuff if they would make like a really steep ramp car wash like a not huge a decent 15 20 degree runoff with yeah. an underbody wash that thing would get used 24 hours a day oh yeah i don't know why nobody has the one car wash in town looks like nobody's been there to fix it in 20 years and only two of the four bays work and we went to Seabrook like years ago, yeah. and uh, I took a, a, the Jeep I had at the time, and I, t- I mean, after six months after, it was still smelled like yeah. nasty, nasty dead fish. So, luckily, it is going to rain for the rest of this week. Uh, post Thanksgiving on, it's just supposed to dump rain, which I'm happy about. Plus, we're going. Into, plus, we're going into the winter. Otherwise, I never would have done it because I know I'm going to drive through some deep. That'll snow. make it fun for all the people that are about to. Well, that sat out this morning uh, at Black Friday and. <laughs> Oh, I worked man. Black Friday once at Best Buy, and I have never seen madder people that run into a Best Buy at three in the morning and tackle an old lady because they want a DVD player for six dollars. <laughs> that probably won't work a month later. No, yeah. of course not. But either way, but either way, um, we, we got hope, a great guest. Yes, for everybody. But for everybody going to Black Friday today, good luck. We're sorry. I don't know why. Yeah, people Yeah, or still if do you're that. listening to this in line, I hope you're not freezing to death in the rain. Yeah, I don't know why people still shop out on Black Friday though. I mean, you can get everything online for the same price without having to deal with the crowds. I don't. I don't. I, and you can still wear your pajamas. I <laughs> avoid going to the store in general now. But yeah, but that's an antisocial thing. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> still, I don't want to see sunlight. <laughs> it burns. It burns the skin. I'm so pasty. I'm so <laughs> that's another issue for another podcast. I'm still rocking sir. the Corvette farmer stand. Oh, nice! Isn't it great? The Corvette. Is, is it legal to rock a, a Corvette farmer's tan when you don't own a Corvette anymore? No. The Corvette is officially sold. I cannot believe officially that. Officially gone. I'm down to one vehicle, the Audi S4, for at least two more months. Until the sea, the sea comes through the floor and eat. <laughs> if you go drive your car to the beach, make sure you wash it right afterwards. But no, the yeah, Audi right? was great. And it was fun in the sand having the all-wheel drive. So oh, I'm sure. It worked great. I'm sure. So did you shed a tear watching the vet go? 
You know, that's probably, of all the cars I've owned, that's been my favorite. And it was one of the harder ones to let go. I usually don't really care when I sell a car. It's just like, okay, I'll get something new next. But the Corvette was one of those cars that didn't didn't leave me wanting anything. Like when I sold the GTR, it was a, well, I want to sell it before the transmission explodes inevitably. With the C63, it was, I want to sell it before I burn it to the ground. And I cannot believe you still made money on that car. <laughs> That's another story for another podcast. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the Corvette, I do miss it, especially since we've had some decently nice weather. Yeah. And even driving to Long Beach, it would have been a great car to not on the beach, but just going there. That's a fun drive. Oh, absolutely. Although I will say my Valentine one saved me three times on that trip. And I wasn't, I know that if that road out there to Long Beach goes right by the State Patrol Academy. So, you know, that's not where you speed. There are way more troopers there than they need to be, and they pull over everybody. So I I kept it on cruise just like four or five over going down there. I have driven there a lot, and I never knew I was driving past the, the Troopers Academy. Yeah. Oops. That's why there's like three troopers every 20 miles. Yeah. yeah. You'll understand in a second. Our guest oh, is the, I'm just making sure I don't screw people's names up, because I tend to do that even though we've known each other for a long time. Yeah. So our guest today, yes, we do have a guest <laughs> yeah, whose name guest, we remember, <laughs> Matt and Allison Byers. <laughs> I wanted to make sure because I I tend to do that and I tend to screw people's names up. Sorry, so, Joe and Dana. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. That was actually one of our best episodes. Good. Yeah. Welcome, guys. Yeah. What's happening? Um, hello. Yeah. yeah <laughs> hello. <laughs> we're 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 working with some mic issues, so uh, you know they're sharing a mic. But so thank you for coming. We appreciate it and enjoying some of our sponsorship beer. Thank you. Because that's important. And the uh, festive cans, the half uh, the half court cans. Yeah. If you come on our show, you get free Rainier. <laughs> okay. I should come more. Uh. <laughs> anyway, welcome to the show. We're glad you're here. We wanted to have you guys on for a while. Well, I mean, you, we've, we've known each other for probably, well. A couple of years. A couple of years. Via Eric and Ashley. Eric and Ashley, we just had a lovely Friendsgiving with you guys, and Dan and I were talking after you were talking about all your project, your your project cars now, plural. Yes. And we thought you'd be a wonderful guest to have on. So welcome. Give us a little background on why you love cars. Why should you be here? Earn it. <laughs> oh, man. I've always loved cars. Just something about even my childhood memories, just playing with the Hot Wheels and the Matchbox, and just always wanted to have something with wheels on it, you know, it goes back to the bicycle and skateboard days and graduating into something with a motor. Something, I mean, we all, we all wanted that. Like I, I, I was with you. I still, you know, as you look around here, you can see toys, but I'm not what you're talking about. That's the one thing I'll miss about recording here is pointing that out to people. But yeah, I mean, you, so you were the, you were the kid that always had the, all the hot wheels and everything like that. Did you take them apart? Did you, did you change the bodies? I, I used to do that. I used to drill out the rivets and change the wheels. They never went back together. <laughs> I would do that on the model cars. Sure. Mo- I would oh, yeah. put the model cars together and then rip them back apart. Yeah. It was just, I had to see all the components, everything again, and redo it. I'd hack mine up and put rocket engines in the back of them. <laughs> I, why did I never do that? That's yeah. genius. It's really <laughs> Make your own, like, Evil Knievel, yeah. you know, El Camino. Yeah. Hell Camino. It was really hard to get them to go straight, but it was a lot of fun. Because <laughs> uh, that thing was off by, like, a degree. Oh, yeah. You had to put two rockets on it. Yeah. Yeah, sure. So Matt, uh, tell us a little bit. Your day job is you work for the city, correct? I work for the county. County, sorry, yep. them, them too. Yep. Okay. What do you do for the county? I work in their paint and sign division. Okay. So I paint all their buses, a lot of cop cars, uh, sometimes different vehicles that are required by the county people to drive around, 
and we make decals and apply decals. And so you'll do anything to be in the automotive field, it sounds like. Pretty much. Working for the county. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. So. Because cop cars and school buses never get dented or scratched. No, so, never. You know, That's ever. Right. Those That's kids right. don't bounce off like they used to. <laughs> <laughs> because they haven't had their uh, what's the, <laughs> vaccinations. <laughs> Give so, me a child a vaccination. It'll bounce better. <laughs> But uh, Matt, you are a builder, which is uh, why we wanted to have you here. We haven't had a lot of builders on the show. We haven't had a lot of hobby builders. We've had a lot of professionals, but being a hobby builder as a side thing versus your full-time job is a very different story. It's a lot of making it work and a lot of learning. Your models have gotten a little bigger in the last few years. Yes, just a touch. Yes. And you have some nice cars. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I've been very blessed to have a big amount of cool cars. Um Everything from Chevrolet, Buick, Pontiac, Oldsmobile, mainly General Motors cars. I have nothing against Fords, but yeah, definitely. Uh, Sounds like you did. You didn't and... say Ford. Why don't you? Like, <laughs> why don't you like Fords? What's wrong with Fords, huh? I, if I could have a supercar, what's wrong with Ford? Ford so. Yeah, there's there's a lot of cool ones out there, but yeah, mainly General Motors cars, and just always love to have something new going. And as you guys know, working on a '57 Chev now, almost done with that, and then we'll be segueing into a '68 Chevelle convertible and doing something crazy with that so. why uh why the nomad well it's technically not a nomad it's Ooh. 210 210 just well <laughs> i didn't know that either not <laughs> so uh we i listen more when he talked about it <laughs> <laughs> no it gets it gets asked that all the time um i wanted to have something a little bit bigger the previous car before was a convertible two-door obviously and wanted to have something we could load friends up in and do more road trips we love doing road trips just wanted to have a little bit more space, and wagons are really hot right now. I mean, anything from the 50s, 60s, 70s in a wagon, two-door, four-door, doesn't matter. They're just they're getting more and more hot out in the market, and I thought I had the opportunity. I picked one up. This is actually my third 57 wagon, and I thought, let's go full bore. So frame off, everything, you name it, we've done it. So Nice. I cannot wait to uh, see the finished product. Well, Neither yeah, can I. We, 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll uh, we'll definitely be posting some photos of it because e- even in the the state it's in now it's uh, it's nicer than my house. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean the paint's a lot better too. Anything I own, but so you you started. What was the first? I mean, when you when you when you were sixteen, what was the first car you had? How'd this begin? Uh, the first few cars that I had, they kind of all melded together. I had I was very fortunate. I had a seventy one Rally Sport Camaro. We never got that car finished, but I got to play with that a little bit. And then I went into my first car that I hit the streets with was a 70 Cadillac Coupe de Ville I got from a friend of my dad's. Had that for a while, maybe a couple years. Alice and I had a lot of fun cruising that car through high school. And then I went to a 70 Pontiac Le Mans. I didn't know you guys met in high school. Yep. Oh, yep. God. Yep. My That's freshman, her sophomore. Yeah. <laughs> Been together for a long time. So thank God you married a woman that understands you and lets <laughs> yeah. you spend money like you do. <laughs> she really knew what she was getting into. Yeah, <laughs> she definitely did. Either that or he just convinced her that nothing was better when she was young and she just didn't look. <laughs> <laughs> You're pretty and I love you. Come stay with me. <laughs> <laughs> and sleep. Pretty much. <laughs> so that was your first one then? Here's this, the 70? The 70 Cadillac Coupe de Ville was the car I drove a lot in high school. Drove that to my first job, cruised around, did high school events. That was my real first car. So, yeah. Nice. Emerald green, had black shag for interior, black leather seats. Well, yeah. It was pretty pimping. So. 71. Okay. What, what year was, was Boss Hogg's car? 
I want to say Boss Hogs was like a 67. The 67. I've always wanted that. I, I'm like, somewhere right with the there. horns. That's a big Cadillac. But, but I mean, it's a two-door big Cadillac. Yeah. And if you'll notice in that show, you never the, the, the roof was never up. Yeah. Mostly because that, well, fat, little, that fat little porker could probably could get the door if the roof was up. But. <laughs> I was going to say, you can't see the actors of the roof. Absolutely. Well, I know. But yeah. still, I, I, that was one of my fa- that's one of my favorite Cadillacs in the world. I mean, growing up in the area we grew up, well, we're probably a little older than you guys, but... um. Dukes of Hazard and stuff like that was, I mean, 69 Charger, that was always my, I've talked about that, but. I still own one of those. Oh, uh, yeah, well, we all do. There was one at SEMA that had 1,000 horsepower. Yeah. Yeah. I saw a ch- uh, Charger 500 down at uh, Monterey. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that, when you know what you're looking for, that blows my mind. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, but then you're going to have the cash to pay for Yeah, that's, I can, I've, we've been talking to Ashley about that with Haggerty about, I still want a classic, but I can't afford what I want in a classic. <laughs> I own a, ca- a classic. You don't want one. Uh, <laughs> so many things break. <laughs> That's just well, it. Mine's British, but yeah. I want like a 68 resto mod. I'm not a big, I don't want all original anything. I've driven enough all original classics to know I don't want one. Have you ever done anything with Dodge? No, I don't think I have, which is funny. So you're because anti-Ford and Dodge. Actually, Ooh. my dad and my prejudice mom. here. <laughs> my dad and my mom are big Mopar fans. My mom actually had a 68 Charger. And okay. Ooh. Yeah, beautiful car. I've only seen pictures, never got to ride. It was gone before. I, it was gone right around the time I was born. But my dad had a 71 340 Cuda that he stepped up and ran a 440 in. And it had the four-speed pistol grip in it. And yeah, so Mopars are definitely in my bloodline. But I just ended up going GM for some reason. Mopars are expensive to get into as well. You know, Very I mean, expensive to get into. The yeah. Charger 500, I mean, geez louise, that's a ridiculous car. Guys know them. I mean, you can spot them from a mile away just because of the back window placement. Yeah. You know, and they're just, it makes it so much more cool, so much more NASCAR-esque. Sure. So, yeah, really neat cars. I'd want a Superbird. I mean, obnoxious Well, who wing. doesn't? I mean, well, yeah, I know. <laughs> There's actually we we actually we've actually there's one we've had. Remember we've had yeah. one. At, yeah, we've had a few. Real. With, yeah, we've had I a couldn't few. Believe that, but yeah, yeah, with that and the nose cone fit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, why don't we take a quick break and we'll get into a little more of your history, a little more of where you're going, a little more of why you're here. We spend an average of eight hours and forty one minutes a day facing screens, laptops, smartphones, tablets, even digital refrigerators. But what are we really connected to? Isn't it time you connected to something greater? Sometimes the best way to connect is to disconnect. This moment of escape was created by Haggerty for people who love cars. And we're back. Second half, second beer. <laughs> Brought to you by Rainier. Hey, that works. Yeah. Okay, so we were talking over the break while Dan was looking up Charger 500s, trying to see what their price points are at. And I think... Um, Reasonably, what we could get in for like what eighty four, eighty five? The lowest one I found was eighty five thousand. Eighty five, up to one hundred and seventy four. Oh God! Yeah, yeah. what is what a bargain! Boy, what a bargain! So you guys have always talked about your cars every time we've gotten together. I mean, and you, I mean, you're the you're the couple that names your cars and and loves your cars and doesn't sell your cars without having any emotion in it. Dan Putnam, <laughs> you just use them and abuse them and get rid of them. I haven't got my McLaren yet. You can't re- you can't get rid of me. Don't grin like that. <laughs> I was just thinking I probably wouldn't get that much anyway. So. <laughs> well played, sir. All right. So you guys have had a lot of cars. So we, 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 right now, we're, you, we just got out of your, your 70 Cadillac, and you drove that to, to high school, and you drove that out of high school, right? 
Um, I had that towards the end of high school. Then I stepped into a Cutlass. Ah, uh, the world of Cutlass. The world of Cutlass. Okay. I do believe we've had nine Cutlasses now. Um, we've had two 68s. A lot were G bodies. Ran from the 81 to 87 year range. We like those. Real low drive. rider style. Yeah. The low rider style. We yeah. had them both so, ways. Is this like, the, like the car from like the, the Denzel Washington movie? Very, very similar. That's a yes. Cutlass, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Very, very similar. Um, so yeah, same same platform, G-body platform. We've done it all. Lowriders, uh, streetable cars, cruiser cars. Um, but yeah, a lot of Cutlasses, a lot of Cadillacs. You've never owned a Apollos. stance car, right? I've never had a stance car. Okay, good. We'd, have, I, we'd, have to, we'd have to cut the end. I don't believe right in that. Here, so. Dan starts right. spitting nails if he stands. Yeah, he okay. makes them better, not destroys them. <laughs> okay, fair enough. No, I like originality on cars. I, I definitely appreciate fads. I think that takes cars to the next level. Mm -hmm. However, I feel you can't go wrong going with original because even if you have a car, say a stanced car, some sort of build that's following the trends at the time, every one of those guys that has that car, if they see that same car originally, go, wow, that's clean, especially a really good looking one. So I think you can't go wrong with that. And at the end of the day, I love the cars, but cash is king. I sell them all. That's why I only have the two that I have right now. So, but I do get yeah, that personal connection. Yeah, that's the reason you only have to. So. She's the reason. We both know if she didn't exist, you'd live, you'd live in a farm in the middle of nowhere with 800 cars. She does give me a limit. Yeah. So, and I am not at limit right now. No. So, <laughs> very true. First time in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not at limit right now. Yes. Yeah. That's fair. I mean, but you guys, like I said, you guys name your cars. I mean, it's, yeah. and it's. That's that's a personal connection, and you really put a lot of time effort into them. And like you said, having an original car, like an original Cutlass, I think that's awesome. Like yeah. I think that's the idea, and that's coming from somebody who's the first car was a 1979 Ford Granada, Granny mm. Apple Green with a green interior. That's right, she was all original. Ooh. Except for the fact that the dash came apart because I kept taking the gear shift off and beating the dash because it wouldn't start. Different story, different time. Uh, <laughs> Pile of, just a pile of steel. You, you said you don't have a favorite over the years, though. Yeah, how do you not have a favorite car? I don't have a favorite. I have favorites. I've had probably a, a couple of our favorites she had mentioned um, was our 69 C10. I'm part of Northwest C10s. Nice. And I've had a lot of C10 pickup trucks, but the 69 had beautiful patina. Found it sitting in a carport. It was one of those trucks that you saw for years. And everybody always said, they're never going to sell it. Okay. And I popped in there and knocked on the door. And sure enough, they sold me the truck slammed it on the ground, put a cool set of wheels and tires on and drove the wheels off the thing. We went everywhere in the truck, did a lot of swap meets, full loads, blew out body bushings, cruising on 167 way too fast. I mean, <laughs> we did it all. Um, that was a, one of our favorites. Um, I know I cried when I got rid of that. She cries on almost every vehicle I we do. sell because she gets very I attached. Do. But we did Route 66 in our Roadmaster wagon in 2012. We loved that car. That's you know one of the other favorites. And then probably... Our, one of our biggest favorites was the 68 Cutlass Convertible. And that was, that was one where I really started getting competitive and doing a lot of shows. At one time, we did two to five shows a week. And so, I wow. mean, that's a lot of wheel time. You know, you're at something all the time. Every other day, everybody in the car world is like, hey, what'd you bring? You know, oh, we got the convertible out this week. And so, yeah, that one was hard to see go, but it went to a good guy. And I've been able to keep tabs on the car now, and it's doing well. So. Okay, I want to go back to this Route 66 trip. Yeah, that's yeah. something that a lot of people don't do that anymore. Yeah, whose idea that's was that? Something, was that yours yeah. or hers? It was mine. There yeah. you go. Okay. Yeah. And, and why did you come up with that day? Why did you want to do that? Yeah. So uh, my family grew up doing lots of road trips. We were a family of six, so it was really expensive to fly. So we'd 
drive. And okay. I had a lot of fun listening to cassette tapes. You know, my mom had this Manhattan transfer uh, cassette that we would play. And Route 66 was one of the songs on there. And so it just kind of got my interest of Route 66. Oh, it's a real thing. And I got Matt this book. We like coffee table books. Things sure. that you can just look at lots of pictures and kind of learn a little as I you like, go along. I like p- books with pictures too. Yes. Yes. You picture books for grownups. Oh, never mind. <laughs> Different books. <laughs> but I got Matt a Route 66 coffee table book and looking through it, we were just so interested in so many of the things we're seeing as tr- attractions and the history behind it. And so we thought, hey, why don't we actually do this? And so I remember he brought home the Buick Roadmaster and I just thought, why is he getting a station wagon? There's only two of us. This is crazy. And it ended up to be a great car. We slept in the back of it for part of our trip. Because if it breaks down on Route 66, it converts into a house. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like a mini RV. It, yeah, was, it was perfect. Much. But it was such an epic road trip. I would definitely recommend it to anybody that's a car lover, that loves history, that loves road trips, and you Where, get to see so much of the country. Where'd you start? Uh, so we started, obviously, in Washington. We drove um, over to Chicago, which is the starting point. Okay. And it takes you through, I think, eight states and uh, some of them very tiny amounts of the state. Uh, but it takes you through a lot of the heartland and then down into the south and you end at Santa Monica Pier in California. Yeah, that's so cool. Have you done that yet? Yeah. Okay. I have, I, that may be something we need to do because I've, I've never done that. seems like a ball. We would need to combine it with the whiskey tour. Which you go... That sounds horrible. Yeah, Let's so never do that. Tennessee, and then you go to 66. So you start all the way east, because otherwise, it's just it's like right in line. You just drop sure. from the whiskey tour right on the 66. Okay. So Fair enough. Yeah. Great. New couples tour for us. <laughs> <laughs> one thing once, we... Once one of us gets better. <laughs> Next second again. Yeah. Well, one thing we were hoping we were going to make it out for was the uh, Route 66 car show, and Matt would remember a little more details about that we were a little shy on our our time. We had thought we'd be able to make it to the actual Route 66 car show, which was in Illinois. Do you remember where? Not exactly. So we saw the people leaving the car show because we were just a little shy of it. But it was really neat to see some classics going as we're on this trip. And especially Illinois and uh, Arizona, I think you get a lot of people that are doing portions of it but there's nothing like getting to do the full thing it's pretty pretty epic and um we went in like the fall time like right as school was starting up again so it was perfect time weather wise it was really really fun i ran into this was actually before you came down to monterey uh a guy that worked for pixar yeah, and Pete Springs he was ta- is Radiator Springs. Yeah, but he was talking about the fact that the movie coming out had caused people that didn't even realize Route 66 existed. They 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 didn't they had watched cars and thought, oh, that'd be neat to do. And people and then they'd go research it and realize that it, you know. Yeah, it was a real thing. Yeah, so that and apparently that pushed things, you know. And I'm just realizing that I have a Route 66 sign on my wall that I've been, like literally behind your head. Oh yeah. I forgot about Poser. that. I look at it every day. So we should do that. Totally. <laughs> okay. Allison, what got you into cars? Was it just Matt? Matt got me into cars, yes. So I met this boy, and we met when we were 15, and I remember talking on the phone with him, and he would go on and on about cars. And I honestly, at that point... Since she got rid of him and found Matt. 
<laughs> so at that point, I was like flipping through magazines as we'd be talking on the phone, like, yeah, 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 sure. And I realized I really care about viewers, this boy. That's what people used to do before we texted. We would call people on a phone line that was 90 feet long that you'd drag from the kitchen. With a cord. Yeah. With a yes, cord, yeah. Yes. But I remember I just had this realization. I like the boy. The boy likes cars. I must learn to like cars. And so I started listening when he was talking and started going with him to car shows and ended up having a lot of fun. And I had always kind of appreciated older cars. I, I, I like history, so I guess that's part of it. I'm interested by things that are older and have history to them. And so it kind of combines interest for Matt and interest for me going to a classic car show and a lot of fun. And 57 is actually one of the years that I've always loved it. I think it's the most iconic uh, of, you know, 50s American vehicles. So yeah. I had always been interested in a 57 and now we own one. It's really cool. Yeah. Matt, never let her go. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> She's pretty amazing. Good Lord, man. I tell you, if we could clone you... <laughs> Funny. I we, like the boy. The boy likes cars. Ooh, good start. <laughs> we had a really good compliment uh, in our last episode with Joe and Dana from Mule. I had I was talking to a friend uh, at work, actually, who listened to the episode, and she said, I really want to know her. <laughs> and it was one of those things where, yeah, there are a lot of women in cars uh, from all walks of life and all sides of the coin who, they aren't gearheads from the beginning. They just become them. Like, sort of like Amanda. Amanda I was going to say Amanda. <laughs> but uh, it's nice to hear your story as well. I think that gives some of our some of our listeners and us a little bit of help. Hope. <laughs> yeah, listening to your love story from Hallmark. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no kidding. Where's the Hallmark special yes, for the holidays dun, featuring dun, you dun. guys? Let's buy a Christmas tree and drive across the country. Oh, we're stuck. <laughs> Man, that is straight out of a Hallmark movie. No, right? So, okay, so I mean, you guys obviously you, you both have a love for cars. You have passed the passion to her early and she has obviously taken over with some of her love of cars and, and the love of the 50s and I totally agree with you by the way I mean that's not just coming from the fact that I own a 50s car but it, it's nostalgia that, that era is something I mean cars were big they were huge you, you know even if they were two-door cars they were they were huge but like you said you guys have owned how many I mean we, we, we couldn't even come up with a number right probably close to 55 60 50, 55 or 60 yeah would you say 57 cars <laughs> probably <laughs> right seems like a good, like good a number right number, yeah. well you're not at your limit so that's the good point so yeah. you you got into a cutlass phase for a while and it sounds yeah. like you did everything from from keep it stock to slam it to the ground I did yeah. what came after that I mean you you, 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 you did your c10s before or after that I I've done the C10s kind of throughout the whole time. I've had probably maybe eight or 10 different C10 pickup trucks. Mm -hmm. The Cutlass world was great. I have a big, big heart for the Oldsmobile world. But with that comes some negative things. Just, you know, colorful past that I had. And I decided to step away from that lifestyle with those cars. Um, a lot of fun at the shows. But then I really decided I wanted to go full bore. Pretty much after Route 66, I decided it was time to get rid of that the Cutlass. We've been showing the 68 convertible and just go full hog with the 57 Chevy. We had been doing shows with another gentleman from local area with a 32 Plymouth, and he had the 57 Chevy wagon that I wanted. And like I said, that was my third one. I thought this one's probably the cleanest I'm going to get in the state. So I got my hands on it, and it was a wrap. Just decided... Now let's do this. Join the uh, Northwest Classic uh, Chevy Club, uh, part of the Tri-Five Association out of uh, Bowling Green, Kentucky, and just said, let's stick with those for a while. So Yeah, our previous guests, Chad and Amanda, are Tri-Fivers. 
57 Bel Air as well. They're in our club. Yeah. yeah. That's that's what I love about Matt. Like when we first met him, like he he embodies the style. The hair, not out of place. <laughs> you put a leather jacket on him, he could be in Greece. He could be a greaser so easily, you know. <laughs> Thank you. Andy, I, I, I think he sings well too, so. <laughs> Summer loving. <laughs> Don't look at me in that tone of voice. <laughs> So, I mean, and tell us a little bit about your late, the latest project, what you're doing to it. I mean, and, and, and why? And why? Yeah. So, the 57? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, the 57 Chef, when I got that, right when I got it, I was very excited. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to lower it down, throw some cool wheels and tires on this thing, and just drive it. But I knew with the other cars, I thought somebody's going to catch me in a parking lot. They're going to make me an offer that I won't refuse, and it's going to go. And I'm going to move on to something else. So, I decided let's do a completely different build. Rip the body I love off. How the frame. you didn't have any trust in yourself? Like exactly. this is going to happen. Exactly. And I have no self control. That's <laughs> it. That's it. Money talks. Yeah. So ripped it off the frame. Uh, it's been about a four, four and a half year project now, and went full crazy on the thing. Um, I wanted it to have the classic look. Uh, I did the prototype paint scheme that was only done. They just kind of had a brochure out and they never actually produced the car like that. So I thought, let's do that paint scheme. Let's do full custom chassis. Um, and then of course, upgraded the suspension, upgraded the, all the running gear. It's uh, got an LS based LR4 out of a Silverado. Nice. It's got a big 4L8E trans. I've got an 88 rear end out of a Explorer. Uh, four wheel disc brakes, sway bar, uh, polygraphite body did bushings. Did you say you used Ford parts? I did. Oh, I did. No. Some of those parts are superior to GM. I will admit that. <laughs> However, they did base that rear end off of the 12 bolt from the 60s out of the F body. But well, we yeah, we all that. knew that. Totally. That's, yeah. Totally. I mean, that's <laughs> just knowledge. like common. Not. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Wikipedia. So, I wanted the look of the car, but I wanted the reliability, and so I knew what parts I wanted to have in the car. So that way, if I was in the middle of Wisconsin, I could pull into an auto parts store or a dealership and say, "This is what I need. I know you guys have it on the shelf." and be able to take care of it right there in the parking lot. I didn't want to be stuck. I love the old cars, but sometimes they'll leave you broke down. And the other big thing too is having a car that's clean. As you know, if your car isn't clean and you start ripping something apart, especially in the middle of nowhere that you didn't plan for, you're in for a mess. You're just in for surprise after surprise of not being able to fix your car. Three, four hours in, you you throw in the towel. You know, I didn't want to have that situation with that kind of a car. Oh, I understand that. I put an axle in the a Citroen in the middle of a parking lot once. It's terrible. Blake. Speaking of, you need to be on the Haggerty Classic yeah. Tour next year because that was awesome. Yeah. Awesome, say, we awesome got the time. spring thaw coming up, actually. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But I mean, so and, you, and what you're doing right now with the paint and, and some of the what we'll call door handles and, and, and yes. chrome is something a little different. Yeah. So the Bel Air in 57 had a few gold parts and I decided I want to have a couple other accessories gold plated. So I was able to reach out to a guy that I met through a friend off Instagram and he took care of me on that. So I have a couple extra items that are just a little over the top. Nothing crazy. It's very we're used to seeing like the word Chevrolet and gold yes. and things like that. Yeah. 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 yeah which is very v, normal. Yeah. yeah. And that came on the Bel Air. My car being the 210, I wasn't fortunate enough to have that on my car when I got it. I thought, you know what? I'm going to point and click online and next thing you know, it shows up on your doorstep and Alexa says, here you go. You got a gift. Yeah. <laughs> so I went that route, um, had the other piece, pieces gold plated and then doing the bodywork and paint myself. I just decided I wanted to change it up a little bit. Like I mentioned, the prototype paint scheme. And I wanted to have the top kind of pop off a little bit. It's got a lot of great curves of the car, a lot of points, a lot of good angles. So I threw a little bit of flake in the paint. Um, the, uh, the car is kind of three-tone-esque. Um, and I decided, you know, in one color here, it has flake. In that same color in another location, it doesn't. I just wanted to have different effects in different lights. 
Sure. So it's did a you little paint bit it at your house? I did. I painted that at my house. And okay. my dad, he's uh, been, always been my detail guy. So he comes through and helps me cut and buff everything. But yeah, pretty much everything we do, classic car wise, gets painted at home. I was wondering about that. Is if you got this from your dad, or how did you pick up the the hobby and? I definitely got the love for cars from my dad. I'm a little bit more detail oriented than my dad in regards to what I'm chasing, what parts. My dad is a general fix it guy. He just makes anything work with anything. Yeah. Um, and it's Those he's are good more, guys to have too. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, great. Yeah. You know, he can fix anything. It's just I'm more of I want it this way from day one, and it's not done until I get to that point. They call that obsessive. and compulsive yeah (laughs) but then going into the paint world i just i kind of fell into it and i mean kind of goes hand in hand with the detail and i'd always see my dad doing that for dealerships and places like that he worked for a couple different places even maserati of seattle how did Um, you get into painting cars by the way we never asked that i went to school i i got um in with rent and tech i did my uh, uh running start program and i went there so Pretty much just fell into that. And then right out of that, I got hired into a close friend that I grew up with. He had a small shop out in Auburn. Started working with him. He helped me pay for my wife's engagement ring and moved into another uh, shop. And I was there for a total of 12 and a half years at that shop. But I did go to a couple other shops for months here and there. But was at that shop for the majority of the time and was really able to cut my teeth in the field there and work on everything from Corvettes, Ferraris, uh, school buses, cop cars. I mean, you it's, name it, we've done them all. It's a dying art, which I love. I, I mean, paint is something I've always wanted to be able to do. I would never be able to do it because I touch things and I have my fingerprints. But I mean, you look at so many of the modern cars these days, a, a, a computer paints the whole thing. And it's just having that art. Like, I mean, looking at just the photos of the car, like, I mean, the last one I saw, I don't think the, the front fenders were on. And I mean, it was just, it's immaculate, the paint job. It's gorgeous, even in the photos. It's just, it's a dying art that I really, I really enjoy watching and seeing. That's some of my, my favorite things watching, like some of the shows is watching when the cars go to paint. I love it. Yeah, and, I, mean, I love seeing the change. Yeah. That's really what got me into it was being able to see something come in the booth that was messed up. And you know, when you're done touching it, it looked beautiful again. You yeah. Know? I just like seeing that transformation it's so quick. You know, it happens so well, fast. Well, it's, it's not that quick. I mean, it's no, done right. No. The paint job, <laughs> the part that I do mostly, yeah. that's only 10%. You know, I always tell people 90% of your paint job is the prep. The prep, yeah. And seeing that last 10% change, I feel lucky and fortunate that that's my job because I feel like I get the easy part. Sure. You know, so, but yeah, it's cool. Yeah, that I'm is like, not, not what I would call part. the easy job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I worked in body shops for years and... Man, yeah, good painters are hard to find. We know we had a bad one because they didn't last very long. Yeah, and they didn't last long anywhere. But the the right guy, the detail oriented guy, man, it's it's definitely art. <laughs> I do not have the patience. Yeah, it's what would get me is the taping off part. <laughs> oh, I I don't need to tape all of that off. There won't be overspray there. It's tough. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's why I can't even plasti dip my own wheels. <laughs> it's on the brakes. It'll burn off. It's on the brakes. And then you got that weird stripe pattern on the hub on the brake on the brake rotor. No, <laughs> you've helped me do my brakes. We just changed them. Yeah, we still need to paint those, don't we? God, if we only knew a paint guy. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> hey Matt. No. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think part of what makes Matt a really great painter is that he's a body guy too. So he knows that the surface has to be ready for the paint. So he's. Of course, an expert at paint, but he's a bit of an expert at bodywork too because he knows how to fabricate parts. Even watching him do the 68 Cutlass, he was fabricating the uh, the back 
wheel wells and it was just incredible to see how he just he has a very ingenuitive mind and how he can make something look right and how he works with metal is really fascinating and then he knows what he needs to do so that the paint looks right too so he has he has uh, i will say that he has a a talent of making it look like it came off the factory line that way which is kind of cool although i don't think any company has ever spent as much time putting together a car as you have <laughs> they'd be out of business yeah exactly you're you're like you're like foos level no nah, so. i wouldn't say that. oh i would uh, yeah yeah me doing body work is like zoolander working with a computer that's about the same <laughs> i go to the gym and do body work <sighs> yep lots of bondo lots and lots of bondo what do you have left on the uh, on the bell or not the the 210 excuse me uh, I've got to finish up the wiring, the fuel delivery system, and I'm going to lower it a little bit. I'm not really happy with the way it sits. I'd like to change just a couple things, just round off the edges, you know, polish it up, just get yeah. those little things done, get it ready for next season. What's it sitting on suspension wise? What do you got? Uh, so it is basically the original suspension, just all rebuilt. Everything's been redone. Um, like I said, polygraphite body bushings, the chassis, is that a leaf in the back? It is a leaf in the rear. Yes. Um, in the rear, I'll be running their inch and a half lowering blocks in the back from speedway engineering. And then in the front, it's just old school, one cut coil, very simple setup. Um, I did do Eckler's has a thing called the poor man's power steering conversion. And that's just a, a ball bearing conversion kit in the center link. But when it comes to the frame, that's where I really went over the top. Uh, the four wheel disc brakes, obviously just to help it stop sway bar on the front. But I have a, a friend that's related to Earl Williams and great guy. I was able to meet him and he liked my car. And I said, man, I'd love to run as many components from you as possible. So I have their shock tower crossbar in the rear. I have their transmission cross member for the 4L80, their LS motor mounts. Um, and then I did their uh, spring pocket kit. So I relocated the springs inside the frame. So it's actually C-channeled in the rear. Just like you would see to lower a C10, uh, kind of a similar setup, but the spring locates inside that pocket. So it's, it's got a couple little tricks here and there. It looks very original even when you climb underneath, except for the fact that the frame's base coat, clear coat, and pinstriped, but it's... Like yeah. all frames are. I mean, <laughs> they're coated in So yeah, I say it's original frame, but it, it is the original frame. It just has a lot of simpler modifications. Love and attention. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah. Did you plan all this out before you started the build? Yeah, pretty much everything. I really like to think of the whole build before I go and start diving into it. Otherwise, I can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, and that's what makes me want to get rid of the car. Even the Chevelle that we're about to embark on, which we plan to cut up in September, we start going on that. We pretty much have the whole build already planned. So, I mean, it's just acquiring parts for the next six, nine months, and boom, jump on it when it's time, and we know where we're going. So, Allison, what's your input on these builds? They're very time-consuming, and expensive, but I think that when you have that car and you get to go to the shows and you get to be that person that everybody's like, wow, I wish I could ride in that. It's really fun. And like for me, I like to try to coordinate a little with our cars. So like when we had our 68 Cutlass convertible, naturally curly hair is going to look really bad when you show up at the show with the wind blowing through it. So I had to get a matching scarf that I could tie to protect my hair and so it's just part of the fun me yeah yeah it's an accessory your car's an accessory to your outfit you know but what i'm planning is you know wanting to have the 50s look to go with the car and i i'm excited to get to go and have adventures and make memories in it so you guys you guys keep saying we 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 and i mean do you guys do you guys pick the colors together is it is it a group thing or like is it, it this car i'm picking the color next car she's picking the color kind of thing or how does it work 
because we've had so many different cars and so many different colors, I definitely don't think I have a favorite color. Sure. I have moments in my life where I think some colors are better than others, but I give her options. I say, I think this color scheme would look good with this size wheel, this stance. If we're going this kind of build, this would be a good color. If we go this direction with the build, this would be a better color. And then that kind of throws some ideas her way and she can say, I like that build idea with that color that would work. Cool. Yeah. yeah. It's like redecorating. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Couch goes over there and the wall needs to be teal. Transportation redecoration. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Yeah, sure. That's good. That's, I'm going to register that link. <laughs> Transportation decoration? Transportation redecoration. Yeah, absolutely. That's going to be a future domain name I can sell. Yep. But, okay. <laughs> I'm not going to open my own body shop. Somebody else can pay me for it, though. Oh, okay. I got you. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. What are you guys doing as far as interior stuff? Like, what's, what's the plan? Oh, yeah. The interior in that car, in the 57, uh, it's mainly going to be silver and gray. Very simple. Uh, the seats in the front are actually 2002 Trailblazer bucket seats. And then we did custom mounts. So the seats mount to the floor with the original Trailblazer tracks. So if something were to ever happen to one of the seats, we can easily change it out. The original idea with the car was to be able to run in the 130 mile an hour class of Bonneville salt flats. So there are certain tech requirements you have to have one being factory three-point harness or better. If you have a car that's older than a certain age and you run it original, original, then you can have a lap belt only, but because our car is modified and only looks original, you have to have a seatbelt requirement like that. So I'd want a seatbelt requirement on Bonneville. <laughs> yeah, but otherwise the, the interior will be very original-esque looking. It's just gonna be probably silver and gray, maybe a couple hints of black. Did that have buckets when it came or was that no, a no, bench? Bench. Was a bench? Bench in the front, bench, bench in the back, okay. yeah. Bed. Cuddling. Yeah. Cuddling bench. Cuddling. Yeah. You're, you guys doing, so Bonneville is the plan for this one? Bonneville is the plan. We'd like to be able to go out there. I mean, the last couple of years we said, oh, if we get it done this year, if we get it done this year, haven't made it because wanted to make sure the car was perfect and safe, you know, yeah. be able to pull up there. And if you can't pass tech inspection, it's kind of a bummer to drive, you know, 20 hours and not be able to do it. And we want to drive out there, maybe sleep a night or two in the car, do the full experience, go out there, run it, make tech qualify, run it, come home with numbers on the windows. That's bragging rights. You know what I mean? So, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be the ultimate goal. But then really the, the big goal is to be able to cruise it, have fun, make some memories and do some road trips and win some trophies. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, everybody wants to win a trophy. Come on. Yeah. Oh yeah. Magazine cover. Magazine cover would be cool. I've never done that, but that would be a blast. So if not with this one, there'll always be another. You and I made the most wanted cover once, remember? Yeah. Yeah. Post office doesn't count. Most eligible bachelors in this square footage of Bellevue. <laughs> in this apartment, yeah. All right, so the Chevelle is what's next though, right? The Chevelle is next. The Chevelle will be another full frame off. The uh, frame will have some simple modifications. It'll be a little bit custom chassis. Nothing super crazy. Big block, uh, naturally aspirated, carbureted car. Um, no power adders or anything like that. Um, we'll have, you know, a little bit lower and maybe a little bit bigger wheel and tire, but the outside of the car will look very original as well, but we are going to be doing some heavy modifications to the body to step it out from the crowd. We just wanted to basically be able to pull up to a show and have guys that, you know, have a strong affinity for GMs as they'll well know. as they'll the know Chevelle. What did. Yeah. yeah, they'll look at it and do that double take. That's the goal, yeah. to get somebody to do a double take. You never want somebody to say, ew, what happened to that car? But if they don't say anything at all, you feel like you still made it as long as they don't say something bad or negative about the car you feel like hey i made it here i'm, I'm happy that people are just going well oh, right on 
That's that's what it's all about. There's no negativity in the car world. No, Everybody's always never. Nice. It's rough. Yeah. So. I was just having a conversation with somebody last night about that, actually. There's been a few times I've wanted to punch a couple people out. So Yeah. The haters at the car shows. It's, it's, it always makes me laugh. It's uh, yeah. the, the biggest haters we get from the car shows we've seen are the guys who would never have a car to get into the show. Yeah. <laughs> that is, and, and that's somehow our fault. Yes. <laughs> Not really sure why that, but yeah. And so. I don't know why. It doesn't bug me as much if somebody has something negative to say. If they say it to me, I feel like I have an opportunity to explain my idea. Sure. Yeah. And maybe they catch on. But it's when somebody does it kind of sneakily behind your back and you find out about a third person. Just, I just, eh, it's just a coward. It's just a bummer. I mean, you know? I've been to some of those like, good guy car shows and then some of those older gentlemen and older Brutal. ladies are vicious. Sneaky like, SOBs. Yeah, they're sneaky too. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. We, I went to good guys like down south like two or three years ago and there was a controversy about somebody's wife went and keyed another car. Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, which, yeah, I mean. That's very rare. That's not. I, I did, But funny. I'm just saying like, I was like, what? Like how? There's sabotage in the car world. Like, you're 70 years old. Go sit down. <laughs> Are we sure she didn't fall on the car on accident? Yeah. Well, let, <laughs> now that my train of thought is gone, let's take a quick break. What do you think? It's a short train. <laughs> it's a short train. Yeah. Yeah. Take a, we'll, cook, we'll take a quick break and be right back. Grandpa, what do you call this thing again? It's a 66 Ford Bronco. I think you got ripped off. Why is that, honey? It's got no Wi-Fi, no USB port, no Bluetooth. Exactly. I guess we'll just have to talk. Sometimes the best way to connect is to disconnect. Is that the window button? It's called a window crank. Cool. The faster I move it, the faster it goes down. This moment of escape was created by Haggerty. Being old is kind of cool, Grandpa. Works for me. For people who love cars. And we're back. Um, so you guys, obviously, you're owning multiple cars at the same time, right? Like, I mean, do you guys sometimes take both cars or uh, the same cars to shows as... That's right. You do? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. Unfortunately, sometimes I can backfire. What happened? Uh, the car? <sighs> well, we've had that happen as well. Okay. But, <laughs> no, we uh, we were going to Muscle Car Madness uh, back at uh, Top Food Drugs in Kent before Top Foods was gone. They used to have a killer car show out there. Okay. And I think it uh, helped with Children's Hospital, if I'm not mistaken. And we decided to go out there that year, and she was going to drive the 68 convertible, and I was going to drive the 69 C10. And I decided, for whatever reason, I was going to follow her. Realistically, it wasn't that bad of an idea, but it makes more sense for her just to follow me because I know where I'm going. You know what I mean? So, are, you, are you trying to say she doesn't know where she's going? No, nah, it's just I had been there more times and stuff. But, you know, so we're cruising, and it was right around when the camera lights started being new. And she got nervous, and the light turned yellow, and she decided the last second to jam on the brakes in the convertible. And I'm a couple paces behind her in the 69, and I slammed on the brakes. Well, That would have made an interesting insurance claim. Yeah. So <laughs> I know the guy who hit me. <laughs> I pitched the truck sideways, completely sideways, to avoid slamming into the back of the car. And I stopped with the side of the truck probably a foot or less off of the back end of the convertible. And I just looked at her. She's looking at me in the rearview mirror. And I just shook my head. I couldn't. So what move. you're, what I'm hearing is, she saw a light turn yellow. She followed the law, <laughs> and you almost hit her. She's got a lead foot though. Oh. So when you're following her, you know, and you're in a 35, and she's doing 52, you know, you're trying to keep up with her because you want to roll in. It together. was the S curves of I, Kent. I, I, what can I say? It was just you know what? No, no, no. I'm, I'm, don't you worry. I'm gonna defend you here. Okay. <laughs> like, what would what, what you want her to do? Gun through the light? It would have made more sense. Oh, and then you would have gunned after her? Either a ticket 
either a ticket or forty grand in you know That's damage. True. Okay, so, okay. I'm, I mean, I'm just not seeing her. I'm seeing you're trying to paint her as like the uh, the assailant, and I think she's a victim. He he did make me follow him home because he didn't want to risk the same potential. So uh, I I think that was probably one of the scariest moments for me was looking in that rearview mirror, seeing that look on his face, like. I, I was petrified. <laughs> We're going to talk about this later. <laughs> How dare you stop at that stoplight when it's yellow? What? <laughs> we did that day actually our club won club participation award, which beat out the Northwest Camaro Club, Ooh. which we were very happy to beat them out. And our car, the car that she drove, uh, she took, I forget what the. Oh, it's a community property was. state. They're both hers. Yes. So, <laughs> so she, did, she did get an award that day with our car. Which beat out a good friend of ours who's taken multiple best ofs. So we were very, very proud of our vehicles. Okay, well. So it was great. It worked out good. I still don't see how she did anything wrong in this story. But okay, yeah. All right, so here's the question that we end up kind of asking everybody. What's next? What's next? And I want an answer from both of you. And and, I mean, what would you like to see next in the garage? Man. Now that you're not at capacity. If there was no, if there was no limit on funds... I do have oh, a car. Oh, she's shaking her head like there's a limit on funds. <laughs> I, I do have a car that I want to get into. And I've, I feel like I've graduated from dreaming of certain cars to dreaming to different cars. Sure. I really like the new Ford GT. Would love to have that car. But that's a total dream car. If I could go right now and pick out a car, I really like the Turbo Grand Nationals. I would not mind having one of those. I've never owned one of those, and it's a G-Body platform. I really, really appreciate those. Um. There's there's a lot of fun cars That's from the attainable. 70s. Yeah, it's yeah. the first yeah. time I've ever heard him talk about a, like a new car ever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I really really like the Ford GT. Like if I could step into you know what I feel you guys call a supercar, I think that would be the one oh, I would want to have. They're fabulous. Yeah. They're incredible. Gorgeous. Cars. The adjustable pedals. Get out of here. Do you still have an SSR? No, I don't. Okay, nope. you, but you used to, right? I did. Yeah, I okay. had an SSR. So a lot of fun. It was cool. You've had some interesting yeah. cars, and I do believe it was known as the. Grandpa shoe of the car world is that what it's called? The dad shoe of the oh, car world. I've called it a lot worse than that. <laughs> yeah. Thank God somebody told me you owned one before I started. But it was fun. It was no. a fun car though. It was fun. It. I. I did have. They a, were an a interesting car. Like they I were. just. Yeah. I never quite got where they were trying to. It was like it was like when Plymouth did the PT Cruiser, which I will never understand. Anybody that went own one of those things is just. <laughs> That's a long time joke. Hi, Matt. (laughs) And Matt's wife. I'm sorry. Matt's wife owns one. Matt doesn't. Uh, Different Matt's. Different Matt's. Sorry. So, Allison, what would your your car be? I'm more of a truck girl, to be honest. So, late late 40s, early 50s, Chevy pickup truck is just... God, you are an old soul. I am. I am. I really was born in the wrong era, I tell you. But um, I would love to have something like that. I've always imagined it being red. I, I love just the really big round fenders of it. And it's just, I, I don't know. I, I have to get it automatic though because I don't know how to drive stick shifts. So that's something we've kind of talked about yet. Okay, that I, falls here. on you right there. Yeah. We yet tried. Again. Oh no, I have tried <laughs> multiple times. You we, have tried. We, yeah. we did try and it was not a very good thing. when he You is- want a real man to show your wife how to drive a stick, sir? <laughs> I mean, it's not me, but I'm sure we can find somebody. (laughs) For some reason, when my husband is the teacher, I'm a terrible student. I get really defensive. And I think it was maybe a 10-minute lesson, and I was crying, and we had to go home. That was a very common story. It was was 
Yeah. Well, we saw how he dealt with the whole I almost rear-ended uke story, so (laughs) I can imagine. Because some people are super good drivers and only got like one point (sighs) off when they did their drive test. They just seem to be high and mighty about it. Oh, I'm with you. I only got I got a 99 on mine too. I don't know. I, I, I don't like, know how. I like that the difference though is she was there for the drive test. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, anyhow, I I would just love to have one of those old trucks. I've had my eye on them for a long time, and I'm torn because I I just picture them in a nice candy red, but I'd want it painted by my husband. So we'd have to find something that requires some paint. But then anytime we found things that seem to be requiring paint, they look so good with the patina on them. And I'm torn. I want to keep the patina because I like that kind of rustic look too. So I'm You paint a wonderful picture. And I I agree with you wholeheartedly. That that patina movement that is kind of coming through. And it's it's been with in the paint world for a long time. I love it. I love some of these guys that are clearing over some of these cars that are just, it's insane. And it it shows the history and it shows some of these patinaed cars that have like six or seven layers of paint and you can see all, I mean, it's it's such a cool feature. Yeah. Yeah. And it's history. So I can see the appeal for there, for you. Sure. Uh, It shouldn't be that hard to find one. There's a lot of, there was a long. Yeah, Matt, get on that. Oh, there was a good, there was a good movement. Your wife wants a truck. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. There was a good movement of 50s trucks back in the 90s where Mm -hmm. there was a lot of them getting restored. I remember seeing a lot of them at the shows during that time. And you still do, but I think a lot of them haven't been restored since the 80s and 90s. So you could get one that needs a refresh and you wouldn't be into something too deep. And you can get one with like an LS swap or just a, you know, a standard Chevy 350 crate with a four speed auto. And you'd have something you just get into and drive for the most part and still customize in your own way. And you wouldn't have to pay very much for it. I love the idea of like an original farm truck. Like there is a show on TV called The Last Man Standing. Have you ever seen that show? Have you guys ever seen that? Yes. Mm -hmm. So that green truck that he has that always sits out. Like I've always loved that. Like it's like the classic. I think I don't. It's a Ford, I think. I do believe that is the F100 that you're speaking of. There you and go. I, I'm pretty sure that is his actual truck. Oh, I'm truck. sure. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Funny story about that truck. Yeah. He actually purchased that truck from auction on accident. He thought he was bidding on another car. And he says, out of his collection, that is one of his favorites. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful truck. I love that. Well, yeah, because it's like that green and it's got like the white. Oh, love it. Love it, love it. So I'm, I'm on your dream. I, I get it. I I'm get on it. the opposite spectrum. I with want, some hay bales. I still want Keith's trophy rat. 37 International with rally trucks or uh, trophy trucks. You know, suspension. when Keith pulled up to Exotics that last time and his son was in the racing seat with the headphones, I get it. Like, I get it. Also, dynamat your truck, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's somebody we need to connect you with, too, by the way. Keith Northrop, Northrop Fab, man. Would love to meet him. Yeah, you guys have a lot to talk about. So... All right. Well, we're about toward the end of this here. Are you distracted trying to figure out the truck from Last Man Standing, Nick? Well, I, I knew he was right. I was just curious. It, it is an F100. Yeah, I knew. I knew he was right. I was just. I wanted to. Is it a '56? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's 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 a, it says '53. At least the grill's a '53. Oh. But it looks like a, on a '56 hood. I don't know. I could be wrong. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, it, this will send me down a rabbit hole. We both know that. Great. Uh, let's do that on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> People don't know I'm Googleizing it. Yeah. I'll just edit out all the spaces. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a beautiful, yeah. beautiful truck. Right? Okay. Yeah. Thank you guys for coming in. Thank we really appreciate us. it. I mean, Thank I know you. I know you're very busy, but we, we appreciate <laughs> yeah. you taking the time and coming in and, and you know enjoying some of our sponsorship beer. And um, Thank you, Rainier. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Rainier. Thank, Thank you, Rainier. Rainier. We will uh, talk to Amanda about getting someone to teach you to drive a stick without crying. Yeah. <laughs> Amanda could teach her. Yeah. 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 We'll just sign Amanda up for it. You'd love to drive with Amanda. Yeah. You can learn to drive on a 911. <laughs> yeah, just we'll give you a Porsche. That's easier. That that sounds not intimidating at all. No, here, don't wreck the two hundred thousand dollar car. Okay, <laughs> you're making it worse. 
<laughs> Actually, I think Avance is going to be offering cars specifically for that purpose. Sure. Because there's a whole lot more guys that don't know how to drive stick that think they do. <laughs> if that doesn't work, my BMW needs a clutch in the next six to seven months, so you're in. <laughs> Actually, that'd be a great car to learn on. Yeah. All-wheel drive. Yeah. You're All welcome drive, to it, my dear. Good, yeah. good amount yeah. of torque. So. Yeah. We could go down that road for it. But again, thank you for coming. We appreciate it. For Rain City Supercars, I'm Nick. I'm Dan. And don't just get there. Enjoy the drive.